Hey guys, Matt from Back Yourself Fitness here and welcome to episode 10 of the Back Yourself Podcast. How are we all doing? All right? I'll take silence as a good. Um, thanks for all the listens and the feedback that I've been getting over the past couple of weeks. I really appreciate it. Uh, glad to see we're making a little bit of traction and what we're doing here, people are finding interesting, which is good. Uh, throwing back to the last episode I did with Ellen, um, if you don't know who Ellen Reed is, go back, have a listen to episode number nine. She was a grand finalist on The Voice 2016. Um, she's a brizzy girl, obviously, um, just a a really full, vibrant personality, and um, it's coming from a bit of a music background myself. It's it was interesting having a chat and just seeing how her career has progressed since that experience on uh, on national TV, and and yeah, it was it was a really good chat, and it was something different um, than the episodes that we usually put out. Um, obviously, music is not in the fitness industry, so it was just a little bit different. But yeah, I recommend going back and having a listen to episode number nine. A uh, bit of a disclaimer before we continue any further. Um, still trying to shake off this bit of a cough, so apologies in advance if I uh, stop down and have a bit of a cough at uh, any points during the podcast. Moving on to today's episode. Let's ruffle some feathers. So we are getting into the warmer months here uh, as, as I'm recording this. Um, and if you are currently at a gym or seeing a PT or at a training studio or whatever, you are fully aware that it is fitness challenge time of year. So every gym that I've seen or have been into and myself included here at Back Yourself Fitness uh, are running fitness challenges. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to go through and have a bit of a yarn about fitness challenges. Now, I'm going to, I guess, shed some light on things that I've seen um, or things that I've heard, um, and then my opinion and my take on certain aspects of fitness challenges, and I guarantee you'll be, you can relay this information back to your trainer or your gym, and they'll get their, get, puff their chest out and be like, no, that's wrong because of this. Um, I'm not a bullshit artist. Uh, what you see is what you get, and I will be honest. Um, and by no means is this an upsell. Is this podcast meant to be an upsell of our fitness challenge that we have starting this week? Um, that it's at no point am I going to am I trying to force that onto anyone? But I wanted to break down your mentality, as in the person who's trying to sign up for the challenge, the mentality around joining a challenge. And then some of the little back of house stuff that you might not, not might not really think about um, from the gym's perspective. Um, and once again, I think that'll be the the section that'll um, not annoy trainers, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll be honest, and that's where my opinion will come into things. But hey, what are you gonna do? It's my podcast, right? So fitness challenges. Why are you joining a fitness challenge? That is the question that I'm going to relate a lot of this to. What is your why? What, why are you saying, yes, I would like to sign up for this six or eight or 10 weeks, whatever it is. Um, it's, once again, it's very much like the why do you train? And that's what I want to focus on, the why, because that is the driving force behind joining a fitness challenge. Now, it should be, in my opinion, it should be because 
You want to change how you feel about yourself. Now, obviously, there's going to be aesthetic changes like how you look, but then you'll have performance changes as well, like how fit you're getting in the gym environment. But the end of the day, it's going to be how you feel about yourself because if you look good, or sorry, if you think you look good, then you feel good. If you think you're performing well, then you feel good. So it's all about how you feel about yourself. I mean, it could be you're joining a fitness challenge because you're wanting to support someone who's joining up to a challenge, and that's great. You want to be there firsthand as a bit of a support network, which we'll touch on a bit later. Um, it could be because your gym or trainer you know, has encouraged you into it because they think that you can do well in the challenge. And I have done that before. I've not put the hard word on people, but said, hey, I think this will be good for you. So um, there are just a couple of reasons on why why you join a fit, why well, I think you join a fitness challenge. But why you join also needs to be the driving force on how you approach it. If you're not willing to give a challenge your all, you need to reassess your priorities. Now, coming from my experiences, now for the past six years, I've been involved in at least one fitness challenge a year, as in the running of a challenge. I have never, ever heard someone say, I did everything 100% the best that I could and I didn't get the results that I wanted. I've never, ever heard that. I've heard people go, yeah, yeah, I ate all right and like I was training hard, but I don't understand. And it's, they kind of gloss over those couple of weekends they had out in the drink or um, you know, not turning up to some of the boot camps because they, it was too early in the morning when they slept through their alarm or whatever the case may be. So if you cannot make the challenge a priority, you need to reassess what's going on. Because once again, if we relate this back to why did you sign up to the challenge? Okay, I want to make myself feel better, feel better about myself, feel better about how I look. Now, that's the reason you wake up at five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to get to the boot camp, or that's the reason why you grit your teeth and you get through before and after photos, even though you may hate getting before and after photos done. It's all part and parcel of it. Um, it's You need to remember that driving force. Why is the mentality around challenges, I'm going to train hard and I'm going to eat well for this eight weeks and then I just can't wait for it to be done? I, do, I don't understand. It's like that negative rewarding. You're going, yes, yeah, sweet. Once this eight weeks is done, I can go back to just living my life. But I thought you joined up this to this challenge to or to a fitness challenge to help you feel better about yourself. So that it's a I don't understand why that is the mentality for so many people. Or challenge starts next week. I'm just gonna eat like shit this week because it's all good. Uh, I'm gonna work it off in these eight weeks. Why is that? What I don't understand that it go. It's very similar to the I deserve a treat. I'm gonna go get an ice cream. Why is an ice cream a treat? A lot. That's a very hard question to answer. It's a very hard stigma and um, not assumption, but it's a very hard idea to change. With fitness challenges, we need to think about sustainable changes. It's not, all right, I'm, it's going to be like military style for eight weeks and then fucking I'm just going to go real hard and I'm going to 
not eat as much and whatever, whatever. But after that, I can go back to the way things were. And I can't wait for that already. It's not about that. Why has it been deemed such a pain to alter your lifestyle? Isn't the end goal to change ourselves? With all the challenges that I promote or we promote here at Back Yourself Fitness, all the changes we promote, it's about sustainable changes. Now, I'm no, I know we're not the only place that does that, but you need to be realistic about how you're going to treat yourself across whatever the, the time frame is, eight, 10 weeks. Simplicity works. So going back to our sustainable changes, by restricting your calorie intake by 1,000 calories a day and training three times a day at high intensity, how is that sustainable? Is that what you're going to do once the challenge finishes? I, I don't think so. What if you sat yourself in a calorie deficit of 300 calories a day, 200 calories a day, whatever, and trained hard more frequently during the week? Not more times during the day, but more frequently during the week. When I say train hard, it doesn't, necessar- doesn't necessarily mean you need to be sweating and at death's door every session. You could do a strength session, but if you give that session your all, that's what you want to get out of it. Those little mindset changes are sustainable. The nutrition changes that you may implement, sustainable changes will work. Are you going to cut carbs for the rest of your life or are you just going to cut carbs um, for the eight-week challenge? Now, that in itself, I don't understand cutting carbs, but hey, that's a different story. But what I'm trying to say is the changes that, you're making, you need to think longer than the challenge. You need to think, how is this going to work once it finishes? Because like I said, why is the mentality, sweet challenge is done, high five, let's go back to eating normally. Let's undo all, all those results that we may have just got from the previous challenge. If you push yourself too hard one way, you're going to rebound the other way. So what I mean by that is, if you Go into a challenge and you're training three times a day. Your calorie deficit is, you know, you're sitting 800 to 1,000 calories underneath your recommended daily intake. What happens when you go back to normal? What happens when you go, yes, I can finally just relax and eat carbs again? Your body's going to go, give me all the carbs in the world because you haven't given it to me in the past eight weeks. Once you do that, once you pop, you can't stop. And you will rebound back to either where you were beforehand, if not, I don't want to say worse, but past that point. So sustainable changes, you will not have that bounce back. If you go into crash diet or crash training, then there will be a rebound effect because what happens when you stop? You're going to rebound the other way. You need to think about what's going to happen once the challenge is done. That's the big thing that people miss. Some of the biggest success stories I've had in the six years now I've been a PT um, have come from people who have just been consistent, consistently showed up to training, consistently looked after what they ate and just kept chipping away. 
It's easier to maintain because they've changed their lifestyle. I've had some great results in fitness challenges. I've also had a lot of people rebound the other way once the challenge finishes. So it's a very dangerous game to play if we're going to put our body through a crash course challenge, I guess. You got to respect the process. Respecting the process means, and I say this to PT clients, respect the process. Learn and pay attention to how much effort you need to put in, in the gym and in the kitchen to get yourself to where you want to be. A crash course, again, may get you the results quicker, but it's not sustainable. By learning across the journey, okay, I've got to train four times a week, five times a week. I've got to keep active. I've got to eat well every day or the majority of the week. That's what's, that's what's sustainable. If you're not paying attention to it and you don't respect it, you're going to be really disappointed and you're not going to appreciate the results that you've got. If you crash, once again, that crash course, if you just get to the end of the eight weeks and go, yes, yeah, sweet, eight weeks, I got to where I want to be. Now I'm just going to relax. You don't go, there's none of that fear of, I don't want to be back to where I was before. There's, oh, it's only eight weeks. If you're having to work hard to get your, to your final goal, like months and months of training, you will appreciate the shit out of your results. What I'm trying to say in regards to the crash course stuff is you can't expect yourself to work at this bullshit high level and then just hang the boots up and just think that that's going to be life now. It's, it's uh, like I said, a very dangerous game to play because you just you don't appreciate it. You've got to work for it. You've got to earn it. And then you will learn to appreciate the results that you've got. But in, in the same vein, just quickly on that too. In the same vein, I don't understand people who train for holidays. So if I had a dollar for every time I've heard, oh, I've got barley in, in three months. So I really want to focus on training and, and like really want to get fit for when I go overseas. I was like, why is it... What do you, why? What are you going to do over there? You're just going to drink yourself back into oblivion, back to worse than where you started. I don't un, like. I don't understand. Once again, none of this is just. None of this is sustainable. You shouldn't train towards going overseas and putting weight back on. You should just be looking after yourself, and that's the end game. Like, I don't care where you train. The end goal is feeling good about yourself, and that should be the reason you put your shoes on in the morning or turn up to the boot camp or the gym or PT or you and your friend do a workout or whatever that's the whole that should be the driving force behind everything you do so you like if you're not respecting that it's not going to not going to work out for you and you're going to be disappointed every time when it comes to the mentality side of things now this is a big one because I love getting into the nitty gritty and breaking down the thought process behind things. When it comes to the mentality, you need to think, I'm going to lock things down, not completely overhaul what you're doing. For example, um, my advice for people is the planning and preparation side of things. You need to plan out before any challenge starts. Like whether, Once again, I don't care who you, who you train with, you need to put some planning into it. If you just expect to get results because you've 
paid your money and signed up to a challenge with someone or with a gym or whatever, it doesn't just work like that. You've still got to put the effort in. It's just putting a time frame on things. Your mindset is a massive thing. I used the word earlier, priorities, prioritize. Where is your results going to sit or you looking after yourself going to sit on your list of priorities? How important is feeling good about yourself going to be on your list of priorities over the duration of the challenge? That's the big thing. What's your mentality going to be? Oh, I'm just I'm just really tired today and not feeling it. Or fuck it, pull your shoes on. This is what it's all about. Let's no one just got to where they wanted to be by cruising. It's got to be hard work time or no, you just got to do stuff. When it comes to food choices, is it a case of oh, Mac is is just there it'd be easier or no? I got to go home and I've got to cook the meal that I told myself I was going to cook at the start of the day. The mindset and focus is a massive thing. If you lose focus, like that, like you start, you start comparing yourself to others, you, you're beaten. Or you forget why you started, you're beaten. You've got to stay focused, eyes on the prize, and you've got to have tunnel vision. As soon as you lose focus of where you want to be or why you started, all this doubt creeps in. And it's like, oh, I don't have to do that or... I'll just, there's that word again, I'll just do this today. I'll just have a rest today. Look, I'll just eat two of these biscuits. That, that's, that'll be fine. And then it's five biscuits or whatever. Um, so what happens between the ears is a massive either help or hindrance depending on what way you're working. I always tell people you got to stay focused and remember why you started. There it is again. I've said it a couple of times. That's your driving force. Write it down. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your desk or whatever. You got to look at it every day and be like, yep, that's why I started. Or that's where I want to be. Whatever it is, write down your goals. And you got to just think about it every day. You got to be driven to get to where you want to be. Training mentality. What's, what's going to be the plan? With your training and in, in a, a challenge, Obviously, training is going to increase. Are you going to do more sessions a week? Are you going to do more higher intensity sessions? Are you going to push the envelope a little bit when you do weights and reps? What's your plan or what is the plan in regards to your training? It's got to be goal-related, obviously, but you can't have sessions where you cruise but whether it's you swiping your card and going to the gym yourself or training with a friend or boot camp or PT or whatever, there cannot be a session where you cruise. Every session needs to have a purpose. And once again, every session is a step towards your goal. So there is no wasted time when it comes to our training. I don't mean you have to train 87 times in one week. You got to be smart with your training. You got to listen to your body but you've also got to put the hard work in. There's that fine line between doing too much and not doing enough. Now, I think overtraining is a little bit of a myth to a certain extent. Like, obviously, you can't do deadlifts six days in a row. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but there's all different ways you can train. And when, when it comes to training, you can look at things like a yoga session. 
or a Pilates session or a mobility session, they're forms of training or not stress, but stimulation for your body that is low impact. Do something that you don't usually do. Go for a swim. How many people use a swimming pool every week and just swim laps? Not many. Go go to the beach and just walk through the sand. Um, there's, there's a million different things you can do. Go for a bike ride. Take your dog for a walk. Whatever it is. Like there's things that you can do that are low impact that we can use to stimulate the body without pushing it to its limits. And now I touched on mobility there um, just briefly. That is a massive, massive thing that gets overlooked. Um, if you're wanting to increase your training, but you're not going to increase the amount of mobility work that you do, you're at a higher risk of getting injured. You're at a higher risk of burning yourself out and just being fatigued and exhausted. If you're going to increase your physical exertion when it comes to training, you've got to you've got to increase your effort you put into rest and recovery and getting the body feeling good. So whether that means warm up and warm down religiously after every or before and after every session, whether that means one of your quote unquote workouts for the week is a yoga session or is 40 minutes of stretching or something like that. You, that's what you got to do because it is still great for your body. It's low impact and it's taking some of that stress off your joints and off your muscles and helping them recover. And it doesn't have to be stretching either. It can be foam rolling. It, there's, there's so many things you can do, but so few people are willing to put the amount of effort into mobility. They just want to, yep, I'll just out-train it. Oh, my knee's a little bit niggly. I'll just push through that. And before you know it, niggles turn into injuries. Injuries mean you can't train the way you want to be and it's going to be a hindrance on the rest of your challenge or your quote-unquote fitness journey, as stupid as that is. Um, So I've seen, I've done a little bit of research behind the scenes on um, other gyms, commercial gyms and PTs and small gyms, They're all their fitness challenges. There is no no focus that I've seen. You, like maybe if you sign up, I don't know. There's no focus on mobility, recovery, or stretching on any of the promotion um, for any of the challenges that I looked at. So you have gyms that encourage you to be there as many times during the day or week as possible, and they are the bigger chain gyms, and I'm not going to mention names, but we, we all kind of know which one is taking over the industry. They're encouraging you to be there as many times as you can during the week for high-intensity training for 45 minutes. So how many sessions of that per week can you do and your body not need to recover? You need to make sure you're looking after your body in order to keep your body working through the same intensity that you want to work at. Otherwise, it ain't going to happen and you're going to cook yourself. Your training mentality also includes SMART goals. Now, I've had people in my experience sign up for a challenge and, uh, yep, I want to lose 10 kilos. That, and it's, well, in my head, I go, well, you don't really have 10 kilos to lose. Plus, you want to lose 10 kilos in eight weeks. Plus, why are we using the scales as a, as a unit of measurement? Shouldn't we go off body fat percentage and how you feel? So let's say those same people, let's just 
as an example, they want to lose 10 kilos. They lose six kilos and they're disappointed because their goal was 10. Ignoring the fact that they've lost six kilos. You need to change your mindset around what do you want to achieve? If you, in eight weeks, if you shift your body fat percentage by 2% or this, you increase your muscle by 500 grams or you lose two kilos of fat, they're great results because you are, they are better than what you started at. Anything in the green is good. If you're judging yourself off the scales, you need to be mindful that losing muscle and fat still means the scales go down. So your body fat percentage may take a bit of a jump depending on your body size, but the scales will go down if that's how you're going to judge yourself. So that's I don't really like scales being a unit of measurement. Um, disclaimer, we weigh everyone in for the challenge, um, so on the scales, but it's only for body fat percentage purposes. Um, I've had it before where people weigh in and their weight goes down, their their body fat percentage actually goes up because their lean muscle has gone down. So you need to be wise with what you're in your head, what you're planning or what you actually want your goals to be. If it was me, like I said, anything in the green is good. Anything in the green is a positive result. It goes back to the very, very start. Did you do everything to 100% of your ability? If you can honestly answer yes, then, and like, let's say the results aren't astronomical or not even that great. We need to look at something else that's going on. But like I said at the top, I've never heard someone who gave a challenge 100% effort and looked after themselves and ate properly and trained properly to 100% of their ability and be disappointed with their results. So you got to be honest with yourself. That's a big thing. Um, The goals rolls into what I was just talking about there with the with the scales as a unit of measurement, comes into the nutrition mentality. Now, going back to what I was talking about with the, um, the crash dieting, nutrition mentality is, so many people think, I need to get lean, so I'm going to eat less. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, that's false. You need to eat healthy and eat correctly to get to where you want to be. Now, that involves a little bit of research. And when I say a little bit of research, I literally mean finding a calorie calculator, be it MyFitnessPal or just having a look on, on the net. There are thousands of websites with calorie calculators. And you punch in your height, your weight, um, how active you are, and it'll give you your total allowance if you want to maintain, if you want to lose, or if you want to gain weight. And that is your goal, depending on where you want to be. You need to eat that amount. And sure, putting yourself in a little bit more of a deficit if you're trying to lose weight will be more beneficial to drop weight. But once again, how much is how much is sustainable? Um, are you actually going to count calories, or are you just going to assume? That's always a dangerous game to play. Even people who log calories for the first two days and they go, oh yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. Like I eat the same thing every day. It's like, well, that that question of did you do everything to 100% and you didn't log food the whole time? Well then, well, I don't know, maybe you didn't eat as well as you thought. Um, you need to be very, very simple in the way you work. I, I very briefly said simplicity works. Simplicity works in the simple sense that 
If you're eating stuff out of packets, you're probably not eating the best you can. If you're eating stuff that is fresh bought from either a butcher or a fruit and veg shop or even Woolies or Coles or whatever, if you're eating stuff that is fresh produce, you've got a better chance of eating healthier. And simplicity works. They just don't eat like a dickhead. Eat greens with every meal. You know, don't if you're not that active, don't eat pasta every day. That that's very very simple stuff. Now we could go into a whole wormhole about uh, nutritional information, and you know what is what's a calorie and what's good for me and what's bad for me. And it's very 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 overwhelming. So many people are overwhelmed when it comes to nutrition, and I completely understand that. I'm still learning. Everyone should be learning every time they're trying to eat properly or go to the shops or whatever. You've got to just pay a little bit more attention to it and not be overwhelmed. Simplicity works, but you've got to have that little bit of knowledge there. And like I said, we can go down a whole wormhole and talk about it all, but we're not going to here. You do a little bit of research or ask someone, ask your trainer, Go see a nutritionist, ask a dietitian, whatever it is. You've got to be willing to put that effort in to gain that knowledge. Otherwise, the mentality becomes, well, fuck it, too hard. Too hard, basket. I I think this is all right. I'm having a muesli bar and an up and go for breakfast every day because on the the wrapper, it says it's high in protein. Very, very dangerous game to play. So don't be overwhelmed when it comes to nutrition, but ask questions. If you ask questions... People will be able to give you answers. I'm going to have a quick sip of water. <coughs> ah. So the mentality plays a big part when it comes to what is your mindset? Stay focused. What is your drive? How are you going to approach your training? How are you going to approach how you judge yourself across the challenge? How are you going to approach your nutrition. I am a massive, massive, massive advocate for before a challenge begins, whenever it is, whoever it is with, you've got to write down the things that you want to try and implement. You've got to have a plan in place. Otherwise, you're going to be winging it for the first couple of weeks. So let's say your challenge is eight weeks. You're going to be finding your feet for the first week, maybe two weeks, trying to work out, okay, can I train Every day this week, uh, what am I going to do for food, etc., etc. If you have that stuff already planned out before the challenge begins, it's going to be easier to implement than figuring out a plan on the fly. So planning and preparation, massive, massive, massive. If you're not willing to put the planning and prep into it and you're just going to rely on the eight weeks or the two boot camps a week or the meal plan that you've been given, good luck because you can be doing more. Challenge checklist. I've just jotted down seven things that I believe will lead you to a successful fitness challenge. Now, I'm sure that people will go, oh, what about this? And what about this? And yeah, cool. I'm sure there's other things you can pop on this list, but I've written down seven things that are a must and a majority of it is mentality. Not a lot of it is how many times, well, none of it is how many times a week are you going to train and, you know, whatever. It's a lot about what happens between the ears. 
So this is in no particular order. The first thing that I've written down is focus and drive. I've just come off talking about that. You need to remember why you started. If you forget why you started, you will lose focus. Or if you start comparing yourself to others, you will lose focus. You got to remember where you want to get to and why you started. They are your driving factors. That very, very first thing that I said, it should be because you want to change how you feel about yourself. Second thing, the willingness to push yourself. Now, that doesn't mean doing 87 sessions a week. The willingness to push yourself could be as simple as wake up at 5 a.m. or half hour earlier or whatever and take the dogs for a walk or wake up at whatever time and stretch or go to the gym after work even though you couldn't really be fucked or in your gym session push out three more reps before you have a break or during the boot camp or on a run or whatever you're going to run for 30 more seconds before you stop and have a little bit of a walk whatever it is just that you got to push yourself that little bit further and pushing yourself isn't only eating a thousand like isn't just cutting yourself to a thousand calories a day and trying to do high intensity training and and big heavy weights no pushing yourself is you trying to push through your own little barriers be it mentality or in the kitchen or how you approach training next thing planning i've just kind of come off having having a rant about that if you don't have a plan you're in trouble like i said in a challenge if you're trying to implement all these massive changes i'm going to i'm going to eat this and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and blah, 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 and you're only just thinking about it after you've weighed in you're going to struggle to find your feet in those first couple of weeks you need to be thinking about the changes you're going to make before the challenge starts and then trying to implement them that's your you know trial and error time try and eat greens with every meal because it may not, if it's not normal for you, it could take a week or so or a day or three days or whatever to adjust to doing that. If you don't meal prep usually, it could take you a couple of weeks to adjust. So you've got to have that trial and error. Otherwise, you're using the first couple of weeks of your challenge as trial and error time. And that's not what it's about. You need a support network. And that's something I haven't really touched on too much but that's a massive thing a support network can be as simple as someone else who's doing the challenge um, it could be if you're i don't want to say the head of the household but you know if you're a parent in a household or whatever and you're gonna meal prep for the whole week you know you're gonna try and encourage others in the household to to do the same thing or eat the same as you just so you don't have those temptations there or go to your significant other and be like, hey, I'm doing this for me and I'd love your support. I'm really going to need it because it's going to be a tough change for me. I want, are you able to eat or you know, train with me or are you able to eat the same as me just so that temptation isn't there? You need to have that support network and you need to be honest with people too. Like as a PT, let me be your support network. I'll be checking in. If you're uns- like if you need help, send me a message or send your PT a message. That's what we're here for. Like we're here to help people. Let us help. If you need that support network, you know, you can rely on us. Rely on other people in the challenge, people in your household. I always say who people to people who are doing my challenges or our challenges, um, 
if you've got two people in the household, like housemates or partners who are doing the challenge together, you're at such an advantage because you guys can rely on each other and you're in each other's space the whole time. So you, it's easy to eat the same. It should be easier to eat the same things or, you know, if one's starting to slip, the other one can pull them into line instead of going, oh, well, if you're doing that, I'm going to do that. So you need to have a good support network or a support network, someone or some people who you can rely on. Um, and if you're going to a gym or a PT or whoever's running th- through the sessions or whatever, use use us as a support network. And then obviously people at home and then go from there. Uh, daily and weekly goals. Now this is a um, this is something that I like doing in general. I'm, I'm a very big list person uh, anyway. So writing down what I want to achieve for the day, like tasks, I've got to go to the, got to go to the post office and I've got to cook my food for the rest of the week and I've got to record the podcast and I've got to, whatever it is. I'm a very big list person because there's nothing more satisfying than putting a line through something that you've completed for the day and scrunching up your to-do list and being so happy that you've ticked off everything you wanted to do. So I like daily goals and it's good if you're trying to kick your nutritional habits into gear. Did I have breakfast? Tick. Did I have no chocolate today? Tick. Um, what's another one? Did I have greens with every meal? Tick. Did I log my food today? Tick. They're not massive tasks to tick off, but if you do that day after day, it just becomes routine. Weekly goals. Get to the gym six times. Stretch. Do two stretch sessions this week. Like little things that you can tick off. Achievable goals. Small goals will all add up to you getting to that big goal at the end. So I'm a massive advocate for writing down either daily to-do lists or weekly to-do lists. Accountability. You need someone to pull you in the line and that kind of ties into our support network. Once again, as PTs, that's part of our job. How was your food today? Oh, well, it wasn't the greatest because, well, why did you do that? Why did you do that for? You know, you got to think about what's going on. What Was it more important for you to have Maccas for lunch or more important to get to where you want to be like account you got to own your decisions don't be embarrassed by them don't feel bad about them you've got to own them and go yep i did that what am i going to do to make up for it and i once again i don't like under eating so if you're having a shit nutrition day you need to get on top of your training and then lock your food down. Let's say you have one bad meal. Let's say you have a bad dinner. The next day, don't undereat. Eat normally, but you got to train harder because you had a bad meal. That's that's the mentality. You got to work off the shit stuff, not sacrifice the good stuff. That's a big one. Last one is staying in your lane. Not focusing on what the person next to you is doing or what the body shape is of the person standing next to you or, oh shit, at a boot camp, that person's already up to the next exercise. What does that mean? Like I'm not that fit and murdered it. Like very, very negative way to start thinking. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to Instagram people. Don't compare yourself to the trainers. You've got to focus on you. You got to, you're, you're, you've got your own body shape. You've got your own fitness ability. You, that's 
what you may be trying to improve. You've got your own lifestyle to work on, not worrying about what others are doing. So staying in your lane is massive. Oh shit, look how good they're looking. Oh, I'm, I don't look like that. Oh, I'm not going to try anymore because they've obviously, they're obviously doing really well. Be happy for someone who's doing well and then focus on you putting in the effort into yourself. Don't waste your effort on other people. Like, the, who cares where others are at? You focus on you. It's about your results here. There, as I said, that's seven little, seven little things that I jotted down that I think, once again, my opinion, will give you a successful crack at a challenge, a successful crack at making sustainable lifestyle choices. A fitness challenge, signing up to a fitness challenge. Ask you, is it for you? You've got to ask yourself why. Why am I thinking about joining this fitness challenge? Is it because, oh, challenge time, I'll just sign up. Is that your reason? Or do you have a solid reason of joining a fitness challenge that's going to keep you focused? Adding that accountability, being honest to yourself. Do you want to change how you feel about yourself? Can you stay focused? Will you stay focused and will you prioritize making this challenge successful for you. Challenges are for everyone. Like, I don't care if you weigh 160 kilos or you weigh 60 kilos. I don't care if you're lean or you're bigger. I don't care if you've never stepped foot in a gym or you train five times a week. If you stay in your own lane and you focus on you and where you want to be, you'll be fine. If you start worrying about what everyone else is doing, you're wasting a whole lot of energy on stuff you can't change. Um, so far I've, I've spoken about from the client's perspective, like mentality changes and and little changes that you can make for yourself to make your challenge successful for you. I'll say it again. Simplicity works. Having a plan will work. This is my opinion, but my opinion is based off, uh, my experiences over the past six years the excuses I've heard, the results that I've seen, the work ethics I've seen, um, the little cop-outs that I've seen and heard, um, the people who were willing to put the effort into making lifestyle changes that are sustainable have been the most successful clients I've trained. The people who have got brilliant results in their eight weeks, like phenomenal results, have bounced back because what they were doing hasn't been sustainable. It's either a drop-off in training. It's either getting a little bit loose with the food. Um, you know, while we're on that too, a lot of challenges will fall in this lead-up to Melbourne Cup and Christmas time. There's always going to be the Melbourne Cup. There's always going to be Christmas parties. There's always going to be birthdays. Just because you're keeping in check what you eat and drink for a year isn't going to make or break how much fun you have. You've got to be willing to make some sacrifices if that means you get to where you want to be. You can't be like, yep, sweet, eight-week challenge. I've just got so-and-so's birthday, then my Christmas party, then my partner's Christmas party, and then and expect to like expect to be fine if you're not willing to put the effort in to make up for it. There's always going to be those things and events in there. Are you willing to make up for it if you have a bit of a blowout or are you willing to restrict yourself because you're in a challenge. 
You gotta ask yourself that question because that's a big undoing of people that I've seen in the past. Uh, now I want to have a little bit of a look at um, at why, um, or not why, but some of the things that I've seen uh, other other gyms promote or gyms promote as what's part of their challenge. Uh, and I, this is not being I'm not being negative towards anything that I've seen, I'm being realistic for um, the benefit of people who are thinking about doing fitness challenges. If you're signing up for a fitness challenge, great. You, that, that means you've, you've come out and you've said to yourself, I want to make changes because I want to feel good about myself. You can very easily get taken for a ride on some of the things that will be offered to you. And we got to be realistic about it. So I want to kind of just touch on that a little bit. I'm not going to mention any gym names or anything, but if this sounds familiar, then I'll let you jump to your own conclusions. Um, doing my research, everyone offers the same, the same thing. It's just how they sell it. And, you know, there's no... There's no like, oh, Jim A is offering this. Well, Jim B is offering this. Well, personal trainer C is offering this. It's all the same. It's all the same stuff. It's just worded a little bit differently. It's all about you being comfortable in your environment. If, you, if you're shopping around for a challenge, then you don't really, you don't really, um, you like, it's, that's, not, that's not the point. Like, if you're signing up for a challenge, it's not about, well, Jim A's challenge is $300. Well, Jim B's challenge is $400. Like, it's not the point. It's about you being comfortable for the environment that you're going to be in. Um, so if people are coming to me, it's that private training environment. And then all the boot camps, when we come together, the two gyms come together, they're not meant to be intimidating situations. You know, we try and keep it that relaxed environment. Still working hard, of course. Um, but... From what I've seen, and I like I said, did my research on a good handful of gyms and PTs, it's all the same stuff. So it's all about you being comfortable with your trainer or the environment that you're going to be in. And if you're not comfortable with either of those things, don't do the challenge. Like, pretty simple stuff. Uh, challenges with too many bells and whistles will have too many distractions and can be overwhelming or unrealistic. What I mean by that is, is if you know, this challenge is a lot of like challenges are put together to, like I said, keep people accountable and give you the best chance of getting to where you want to be. But when you get all the bells and whistles attached to it, and it gets a little bit confusing. And um, I'm even going to put meal plans in that category. Like, I think meal plans are fucking stupid. <laughs> because and that that's going to annoy people. But sorry, that's just the way it is. Um, Meal plans aren't realistic because they're not taking into consideration your situation. So one of the gyms I did uh, was looking into, they actually have a video about their challenge. Cool. Sweet. I'll have a look at this. And the person in the video is mid-20s and it shows them going to the shop and using their meal plan information and buying all the, the like these weird and wonderful fresh ingredients and oh I'm gonna have a beetroot and leek salad. And it's like who shops like that? How's who like that could be realistic for that one person, but the people that I train, I've I've got shift workers, I've got 
like parents, I've got like teenagers, like that's not realistic. So gyms that punch out um, cookie cutter or meal plans that are the same for everyone, that's bullshit. Use it for ideas, great. But you can also use Google for ideas and you create your own meals. And you, like like I said, that little bit of knowledge is everything. Jump on Google and have a bit of a research. So if you're getting a meal plan put in front of you that says at 10.15, you need to eat a banana and five almonds and piss off, mate. Like who's going to eat like that? In that same vein, unless you sit down with a nutritionist and that nutritionist goes through and breaks down your lifestyle, how you work and how you eat and where you want to get to, all the nutrition stuff that you get given is advice. And that is all it is, advice. Cookie cutter plans, like the one I was just talking about, where you everyone gets the same meal plan or meal itinerary put in front of them, will not work to the best of their ability. You could have... Uh, you could have a, a tolerance or intolerance, sorry, to some of the foods that you've been given. You could be allergic to bananas. You could be whatever, you know what I mean? Unless you're sitting down with a nutritionist who is fully qualified in the world of prescribing uh, meal plans, every bit of nutrition advice you get given is exactly that, advice. And put it into practice. If it works, great. If you like it, great. If it doesn't, we got to look at it. If you don't like eating, I don't know, tomatoes and your meal plan has tomatoes in it, are you going to eat it? Oh, I reckon you've got a better chance of not eating it because you don't like eating it. So there's some unrealistic meal plans that get given to people, but you got to keep into your mind, uh, in the back of your mind that all it is is advice unless they are fully qualified nutritionists. And I can hear the complaints now, but hey, that's what it is. Um, without going into rants or anything, um, I don't understand gyms or PTs who share their clients' before and after photos. That's that's my personal opinion. Take it or leave it. I don't really care. But a a photo of someone in their their underwear or bikini or just just like guys without their shirt on or whatever and you jump on Facebook and it's been like your photos have been put up on Facebook or Instagram or you know that's just the gym or PT using you as advertisement and and as much as they want to share your story it's also hey look what we can do and that's fine if they've it's been okayed by the people um who the photos are of, You've like gyms out there and PTs who are listening, you better get it okayed. If not, that's fucking disgusting. Um, but th- those photos are so um, private and like they're, they can be very intrusive. So if people want to share their photos and share that, if they have that, that confidence to do it, sweet, go for it. But it should not be the gyms and trainers' decision to share that. Um, I will never and have never shared um, before and after photos um, that we do for challenges because, like I said, that's a personal thing. That's purely for the client's um, reference. It's not for your promotion. 
That, that's just my opinion. Hey, what are you going to do? In the same vein as that, people who alter photos, and I have seen it before, and like if you look at before and after photos, you can see it. People who are told to stand a certain way, okay, stick your stomach out, slouch your shoulders a little bit. Okay, in your after photo, we're going to get you spray tanned and we'll get makeup on and wear your good stuff. In your before photo, wear your daggy stuff. In your after photo, let's smile. Like, you can't... Altering photos is you trying to alter your results. Like, just own it. If Whatever you do on your before photo, do on your after photo so you have a true representation of how you've gone. If the person taking the photo is telling you to do that, just be like, well, no, that's if, if they're telling you to stick your stomach out, it's like, well, no, that's not how I stand. And them doing that is, once again, it's promotion. It's either to promotion to you because in photo A, your stomach's pushed out and photo B, you're standing normally. So it looks like you've got this great transformation. Or if, once again, they use your photos as promotion for what they can do. Oh, look at, look at client A. In the before photo, look at his stomach here and look at his stomach in their after photo. It's don't don't do anything different in your photos. Your photos are for you. If the gym does photos or your PT does photos, whatever. Your photos are for you. You don't have to try and impress the person taking the photos or your trainer or whatever. They're, that's a personal thing and it's for you as a reference, not anyone else. You know, you got to think about if you're taking your own photos at home just to keep yourself in check, are you putting makeup on or are you tensing as hard as you can just to get the most out of that pose or fuck whatever? No, you're just going to stand normally because that's how you live your life and that's how you should judge yourself. Um, one thing I didn't really mention um, at the in the other section was talking about prizes for challenges. Um, the cliche is your results are your prize and fucking guess what that's true prizes are irrelevant if you're if you're picking a challenge or choosing to sign up on to a fitness challenge based on the prizes that are on offer you don't have the right intentions for the challenge if it's all oh, this gym's offering a mountain bike or oh, this gym's offering a fucking jet ski and this gym's offering this and what like who cares isn't the point of a challenge to you know get to where you want to be not about the things that you win when it go and just going back to the price point side of things some gyms will offer classes included in prices or pts included in prices some won't some will give you supplements and training gear and stuff some won't it's it's horses for courses. Some will, some won't. It's up to you. That could be the difference between you paying $200 up front for a challenge or paying $600 up front for a challenge. It's it's all about, yeah, whatever, like, that's you. Whatever you want to do, that's cool. But that's the difference in price point. If, you're, if you've got the choice between two gyms that you're looking at and they're offering exactly the same thing, but one's $200 dearer, well then... You got to work out why that is. Is that them inflating their price? Is that the other gym not doing a great job? Like that's for you to work out. I, I don't have the answer to that. But from a price point, the the price shouldn't be the deterrent. If, like I said, we're all doing the same stuff when it comes to challenges, but some people will have training included in their price. Some people won't. That's the major difference in price point. Um, I'm like I said, I'm not trying to poo-poo and not trying to rant about too much stuff when it comes to. Um, the the uh, the 
not other gyms, but the fitness industry when it comes to fitness challenges. Um, I'm just being real. I'm just being honest and that's just my opinion. Take it or leave it, but I'm not trying to sell you on anything and I just want people getting the most out of their challenges, whether it's with me, with another gym, with a PT, them just doing their own little challenge. Fucking sweet. If it works for you, do it. But there are some things that, there are some head scratching things that I see and I, I just kind of want to shed some light on that. Um, why should you sign up to a fitness challenge? This is the last thing I want to leave you with. Why a fitness challenge? Why do you want to sign up? Should be a lifestyle, is it a lifestyle change that you're trying to make? When I say lifestyle change, is that because you're not happy with how you are and you want to change the way you feel about yourself? There's that phrase again. Is it to see what you're capable of? You know, if it's a performance thing, it's like, right, or how lean can I get myself? Or how, like, if it's performance, how heavy can I lift? Or whatever. Is that, is that, the, is that the reason? Is it to push yourself to get that extra 5% on results? Like, get that extra, extra little bit out. Like, let's say your training regime's really good and your nutrition's great, but you want to... Uh, just lock it down and have someone to keep you account- accountable and a different style of training thrown at you or whatever. And just to get that extra, extra little bit out, once again, see what you're capable of. Um, fitness challenges are for everyone. If you stay focused on what you want to achieve and focused on why you signed up, you will be fine. Make sure you have a solid idea of your why because that'll be the driving force on whether you're successful or not. Like I said, I've said it two or three times during this podcast. Um, if you, I've sorry, start again. <laughs> I've never heard someone say I gave a hundred percent to my nutrition and training and didn't get to where I want to be. I've never ever heard that. So if you're willing to put the effort in, you will get the results. Sustainable changes is what we're chasing because we want to change our lifestyle. It's not about how do I look at the end of the eight weeks? It's can I look back or can you look back after six months and be like, yep, sweet. I've managed to stay on the path. Um, if you have, if you're after any inform, any more information on what we do, or, uh, if you've got any questions or feedback for me on this one, or, Hey, what the fuck did you mean when you said this gym does this and that's bullshit because much, whatever, let me know. I, I love, I'm all about people getting back to me and leaving feedback and it's all, it's, you know, it's, Make, making that conversation, having this conversation. And I feel like this time of year with every gym and every PT doing a fitness challenge, you got to be clear on a few things when you go into it. All right, 10 episodes in the book. How good. Uh, thank you to everyone who's had a listen so far. I really, really appreciate the support. Um, we've got more guests lined up for the coming episodes. Stay tuned. I'll see everyone in episode 11. Episode 11.